1: We're an LDS couple who struggled with unwanted pornography in our marriage for many years. What was once our greatest struggle and something we thought would destroy us has become our greatest blessing and triumph.
0: Our hope is that as you listen to our podcast each week, you'll be filled with hope and healing and realize that you too can thrive beyond pornography and create the marriage you have always desired.
1: Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography.
0: We're so glad you're here and we believe in you.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography. I'm Zach, and this is Darcy. Hello. All right. So last week, we talked about what was going on for us as we grew up. Darcy and I kind of gave you the the foundation of of what we grew up with, how we got kind of the ideas that we got in our heads about pornography and sexuality and, and all of the Really interesting stuff about when we were babies, when we were little kids, right? Uh, and all the way up into our teen years and uh, right after I got home from my mission, essentially. This week, we want to talk about, well, we want to start with how we met. So the story that I always tell is that I was walking out of the Buffalo Grove, Illinois, singles branch with a girl that I thought was cute. I was like, hey, let's go on a date. And then I saw Darcy And I immediately turned around and went and as she was walking into the building, I immediately was like, oh, hey, I'll see you later. And I turned around and walked back in the building with Darcy and went to church.
0: Because they were leaving to their cars. And so I thought, oh, maybe I missed it. Maybe I am at the wrong time. And so I happened to say, hey, is this singles branch right now? Because I was confused by the fact that they were leaving the church, not entering. And he said, oh, yeah, it is. Let me show you. And he like walked me in. Yeah. And that was how we met.
1: It sounds way more romantic when it's just like that I ditched this other girl. But <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, I was the ward mission leader and I was like, yeah, I'll help you out. But she was a cutie. And uh in Buffalo Grove, there were less cuties than there than there are in other places. So I was like, hey, let's talk. Let's date. Let's uh this is after my mission. So I was I was on the I was on the hunt. I was trying to find a wife. That started us.
0: That was Thanksgiving break. I was yeah. home from BYU, Idaho, and I was considering moving home. And my roommates were worried that if I moved home, being that I was the only member in my family and I had only been a member for about a year, they were worried that I would go inactive. And they, and so I, I was like, I will prom. I promise I'll go to church. And so. I kept my promise to my roommates, and I went to church, and that is when I met Zach.
1: And I asked her out on a date, and we went. <laughs> we went to
0: FHE. Yeah. That was the date. Is that what it was? Yeah.
1: And then, uh, and then the, our first real date we went.
0: Was over Christmas break.
1: Yeah, over Christmas break. And I had I'd gotten really sick, and Darcy was so desperate that she called me.
0: Yeah, well, it was funny because...
1: Because I I was so sick, I didn't call her. I didn't even think about her. I was dying.
0: Between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we were like doing IM. I think it was AOL. I don't know. Some kind of messaging system back in the day. And so we were chatting online, and he was like, Hey, when you get back, I want to take you to the zoo to see the lights. It'll be super cool.
1: I've still never (laughs) seen the lights. To this day, I've never seen the lights.
0: And then (laughs) I get home right and I'm waiting for this phone call because clearly he's gonna call me and nothing he just totally stood me up and I was like wow I'm kind of surprised
1: I because he's not that (laughs) I thought he was kind of into me
0: (laughs) and I guess he's not anyways but after like a week of being at home with just my family I was pretty desperate to hang out with someone that was my age. And so I called Zach, which that's way against my, like, code of operation. I would never call a boy or, you know, hold a boy's hand or hug a boy. Like, the boys had to make the moves. And so me calling him was a really big deal. And it was actually December 23rd. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry. I've been so sick. I'm finally starting to feel better uh, do you want to go out? And so we went to Gurney Mills. Yeah. It's like a little out, like a, a mall. It's thing.
1: a large mall.
0: Yeah, I guess it's not little. Yeah. And we had Chinese food and we went Christmas shopping for our moms. Super rare. And the very
1: first store we walked into, this guy, we walked in there, like we had known each other in real terms, like face to face, maybe like a total of three hours. Yeah. And this guy who's in this store, he's like, oh, Are you guys here to register for your wedding? It was so awkward.
0: Because we were like looking at bowls or something to buy his mom or silverware, maybe. I can't remember. But we were like, no, actually, we basically just met.
1: That guy. And then three weeks later, we we were
0: basically registering for our wedding.
1: (laughs) If only we could find that guy and be like, you started something. I don't know. So we got engaged. We got married. We're going to fast forward a little bit here. And we were... I I mean we just spent that first year or so dealing with being newlyweds and one of the things that uh, you know was a bump in the road was Darcy found some bikini pictures that I had been looking at online when we were at at school at Rick's uh, BYU Idaho at that point and that was a tough thing for her Um, you know I had I had basically given her the impression that I never struggled with anything um, and that and that she didn't need to worry about me, and then here comes this kind of blind side, as she's maybe you must have been on our computer or our family computer, yeah, and you find
0: I mean it was like calendar pictures or something, like yeah. it wasn't anything super illicit, but for me at that point, it was I was upset about it,
1: yeah, tell him how upset you were,
0: oh, I was very upset. <laughs> <laughs> I remember calling my friend Aubrey, like, I pretty much always call Aubrey, and just talking to her and telling her how upset I was, and then through that conversation, I had found out about the book that he talked about in the last episode that his cousin had given to him, and it just, it was pretty upsetting to me, and it definitely laid a foundation for a lot of secrecy and a lot of hiding, because... I was very much like no this isn't okay this won't be in my marriage and if you do this basically I'm I'm leaving like yeah. I won't be married to a man
1: who who does this. So I got really good at hiding it. I got good at hiding what was going on for me. I got good at hiding who I really was. I got good at hiding my emotions from Darcy. And I think and, and you know, you'd probably say this, you, you were not really a safe person for me to talk to mm-hmm. and to share what was actually happening for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say that now looking yeah. back, but
1: then you would definitely have said then I would, then you would have, have said, why, said why aren't that? you a better husband to me? Yeah. Why don't, why don't you make it all better and be my knight in shining armor? So that was, that was tough. That was a difficult time for both of us, partly because we were learning how to be grown ups together But also because I couldn't be really real with her, Mm -hmm. uh, with you. So
0: So we got married in 2003. Yeah. And then if if we fast forward to 2008, Mm -hmm. that was September of 2008 was when I was using Zach's work laptop. And I opened it and there was like what I would consider full-blown pornography. And... I was shocked. I was definitely not expecting it. You know, we'd been married for five years at this point and we had just had a miscarriage three days prior, um, that like landed me in the ER ambulance ride, all of that good stuff. And so I was in a pretty low place to begin with. And then seeing that on his laptop just was more than I could handle.
1: It was pretty devastating. And looking back, I can tell you now that I was definitely using pornography as a way to manage with the emotional difficulty of that time. It was, a, it was very stressful. I was at a corporate job, and I was starting my MBA, and then we have this miscarriage. And there's a lot going on for me as I'm doing all of that work, and I didn't know how to be emotionally vulnerable with Darcy. Mm-hmm. capable of like saying, Hey, I'm, and, and to be honest at that point, I, I thought, well, I just need to, I just need to get a release. I need to get, you know, some, I just need to get an orgasm. Essentially. I just, I just need to manage my emotions or manage my, uh, my sexual urges so I can be there for all the other things that have to happen. So I can be a hundred percent for all those other things. So that was me just kind of going into this place where all I was doing was managing myself mentally and emotionally through pornography. And I wasn't, I wasn't actually dealing with the grief of having this miscarriage and the stress of dealing with both an MBA and a pretty demanding corporate job. So there was a lot going on there.
0: three kids in two and a half years. Oh
1: yeah. Not to mention three kids in two and a half years.
0: And buying our first house. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we had a lot.
1: It was a very busy time in our lives. A
0: lot of stress going on. I mean, Look, it's funny because looking back, I could definitely say, like, oh, that wasn't that bad, right? But when you're in the thick of it, it feels really heavy and like a lot of hard things.
1: So, yeah. And I mean, we were moving forward. It wasn't like we were depressed and freaking out over everything. But I can see now that the way I was dealing with things was just not as healthy as I wanted it to be. And, that was that was painful for me because I wanted to be this person that, that I showed you, that I pretended to you that I was, and I wasn't. I just wasn't that guy. Mm-hmm. And it was just this behind-the-scenes struggle, on again, off again, never succeeding, always trying. And, you know, that's the night that Darcy took my, that laptop. She was so upset, and she just took that laptop and threw it down the stairs.
0: It survived.
1: It survived, thankfully. It didn't get broken, but, man. I mean, that was a real indicator to me that i can't I can't be real with Darcy if I'm struggling. I have to manage that on my own, and I just have to be there for her. I have to manage her emotions, I have to manage what's going on for her and that was tough that was really tough for me
0: and and for me, it got me to this place where I was super angry i super depressed, I really struggled to take care of our kids um i i really was not in a good place
1: and i had to hide like it was all hiding like i could not show anything real to darcy i had to hide what was going on for me i had to hide anything that even if i came home and i was stressed about work like darcy would ask are you going to get fired and it was like no i'm not i'm not getting fired i just have work right i had a
0: lot of anxiety around pretty much everything I would say at that point. And when I found out, you know, we met with our bishop and he is a very nice man and we love him to this day. And we actually still talk to him to this day. Yeah. And, but he, he definitely, he took away his ex recommend. He, um,
1: Yeah. This was, this was essentially the beginning of this like long list of bishops we started talking to and long list of therapists while climbing the corporate ladder and then going to 12 step meetings. I mean, it was just, we were looking for help in every corner of the earth that we could possibly imagine finding it. And.
0: At at that point we lived in Franklin, Wisconsin. mm -hmm. And so we drove, about two hours down, I don't remember exactly down where to Chicago in, somewhere like maybe it
1: was. was it it was a Chicago suburb, yeah,
0: somewhere yeah. in Ch- Chicagoland uh, to go to LDS Family Services because that was the closest LDS Family Th- Services counselor, and
1: it was basically the closest person that would be able to talk to us as a therapist who also shared some of our belief structures. So you know, we thought. You know, if I go to a regular therapist, they're going to be like, well, who cares if you look at porn? But if I go to an LDS family services therapist, they're going to know that I'm dealing with an addiction and that I'm addicted to porn and they'll know what to do to help me solve this. And the truth was they had no idea and they didn't have any tools and they didn't have any skills and they didn't know how to help guide us through this process. And that was, you know, that that was frustrating. Looking back, it was just this massive waste mm-hmm. of time and resources of, belief and energy i mean it's just unfortunate that there weren't better resources at the time yeah to be honest
0: and then three months after me finding out we were pregnant with what would be our our fifth but fourth living child and we just kept on kept on going And then in 2009, we moved to California. Zach had gotten a promotion from work and we moved to California, which was a huge step for us. And that had been a year, you know, it was exactly, it was like exactly a year Mm -hmm. from finding out because we moved in September. And so from, for that, during that year, you know, we were meeting with therapists and everybody. I was under the impression that Zach was just squeaky clean, perfect, not struggling at all.
1: Right. And, and so when and- we got
0: to California and I found out that, oh, by the way, I've been lying to you the last year, then it was, like, low blow. It it once again, like, brought me back down into that spiral of just depression and anxiety and, you know, trying to control him and just a really bad place for me, honestly. It was not a good time in my life. And I'd say it was probably the hardest year of my life. And I'll never forget, we went to this LDS therapist there. She was in our stake, and someone recommended her. And I remember sitting in her home. She had a home office, and she said to me, is there any other way you can respond to Zach looking at porn besides angry? And she was just like, so sweet and so kind and calm. And I was like, no, I'm angry. I'm so angry. And I'm just so angry. And I like so full of like rage and emotions. And I like got up and I walked out of her office. I walked out her front door and I walked home. It was like probably a mile, mile and a half. And I walked home all by myself and which that was kind of a big deal for me. But it kind of gives you an idea of where I was and what I was dealing with that I was willing to just like get up and walk home by myself rather than kind of try and figure out, you know, okay, why is she asking me this? You know, be curious about that question. I just, I couldn't see anything besides red anger.
1: Yeah, it was tough. I remember just sitting in that room with, with the counselor after you left. And I was like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I know that if I leave right now, I'm not going to make it any better. So I'm going to stay here with you because I was, I was honestly scared. I was like, I have no idea what to do. You're the, you're the therapist. Tell me what to do. Tell me how to deal with this. Tell me how to solve this problem so that my wife doesn't storm out of rooms with people because of what I'm doing. Yeah. It was, this was the time when you were like, oh, well, if you're going to look at porn.
0: You're going to have a fat wife. Yeah. (laughs) And then I started eating. I started eating to manage my emotions, which I had never done up until that point. Um, It was a very clear decision that I had made that, oh, well, you're going to look at porn. That's it. Like I'm, I'm no longer going to, strive to be this perfect hot wife that you know I felt like I was up until that point yeah and yeah it was it was hard
1: but we stayed together yeah and we got pregnant we had we were pregnant with our fifth and sixth and this was the point that that I was I was a bit upset with this because I was done at four kids and I think this is probably when we got pregnant with our fifth and sixth this was probably the point where I decided that or began to push back on the idea that I have to give Darcy absolutely everything just because she wants it since I'm a bad husband because I have this pornography struggle and I was I continued to try and manage her through trying to make it so that she had anything and everything she wanted because she wanted it, even though it wasn't necessarily good for our family or good for her or good for me or good or for our finances. Or our finances. It was just one of those things where she asked for it. I would give it to her because I felt like I owed it to her because I was such a bad husband. So we have the twins and I was pretty upset about it actually, which I'm not proud of at this point. But it was a moment that I can recognize began this process of me saying, no, I'm not going to just say yes to you just because, because that's, you know, that landed us in a place where we had six kids, seven and under, and it was an enormous strain on our lives, just an enormous strain. Um, They were so cute though. They were. (laughs) (laughs) If you're friends with us on Facebook, you can see them. They're cute. They're adorable. They're good kids. And... I, I was going to, so I was at that point I was meeting with a bishop and I had a therapist and I was going to 12 step meetings and one night I was
0: going to the 12 step support for wives and
1: plus we had all these freaking kids who, you know, needed to get to school and needed to get their schoolwork done and diapers changed. I mean, if you've never had twins, it's very different. sometimes people come to us and they're like, Oh, you've got twins. I had two kids close together, and it's just—it's got to be just like having twins. And I'm like, nope, it's not. It is. (laughs) We're like, no, we've
0: done that. We've had kids as about as close as you can get them. Twins
1: is a really, really stressful thing. If if you had twins first, you (laughs) you probably have no you had no idea how uh, much easier one baby was. Yeah. So I'm going to these twelve step meetings. One night after I I go meet with the bishop, and then I go to the twelve steps, and I'm getting home at like who knows what time of the night. And Darcy meets me at the door and she's just like, I, I don't need you to go to these meetings anymore. Nothing's getting, it's not getting better. And I just need you here to change diapers.
0: I remember at that point, like we had a calendar that we would mark like good day, good day, good day, good day. And then like an X for a bad day, you know, like we yeah. were like keeping track and we are very much like stuck in that addiction model, betrayal, trauma, trauma
1: perfection is the only possibility here it's perfection or nothing Mm -hmm. it was a very difficult time for both of us and I can I can tell you she was very much distraught like for her to say I mean you've heard how much energy she put into all of this anger and frustration up to this point when she learned that I was looking at porn and for her to come to me and say listen, forget it. I don't care if you look at porn. I just need you to be here to change diapers and put babies to bed because I physically cannot handle it all on my own. That's how much it cost her to say that. I mean, it was big. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was this moment where simultaneously a couple things happened. Number one, I knew that I still wanted to resolve this problem. It wasn't like when she said, listen, I don't care if you look at porn that wasn't some sort of absolution where all of a sudden I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just look at porn all the time, and it's not a big deal. I'm going I'm to do whatever I want. And I think oftentimes this happens for a lot of people, where they where their spouse or somebody, they let go of some part of whatever it is they're dealing with, and we think that there's this slippery slope that's automatically going to take them all the way down to the bottom, and they're going to become, I don't know, serial killers or whatever but the truth is that's not what happened for me and i doubt that happens for most people i think most of the time once you let go of something you can actually start to grab onto what you actually want and actually need and when she let go of that she really let it be my problem it stopped being her problem and it started to just be mine and it was some and that allowed me to go well do is this really a problem i want to continue to have is this a problem i want to solve and if it's a problem I actually want to solve, how do I solve it? Because up to this point, I'd spent a number of years, so this has been four years in the making, trying to solve this problem and not succeeding. And so I looked at all the things I was doing and I said, well, if it's not working, let's let's try just something different. Mm-hmm. And that was, and we're going to talk about that in next week's episode. and. Start talking about what I did and how things changed and why they changed and what we did to change
0: and what and what started to change for me also
1: right and but
0: I, but I think a really important part of our story too uh those years in California was that we started to be open with our friends, yeah, and we we had a few good friends, and they knew that zach Zach was struggling with pornography, and they knew how I was struggling and we were just open and honest about what was real for us and what was going on. And I think for Zach, having that support of those, uh, like Steve and Austin are (laughs) names, but of those two, and just knowing that they were, they were still our friends and they still loved us and cared about us, even though this is what we were struggling with, I think made a big difference. And um, we did have a really great bishop, Uh, when we lived in Thousand Oaks and he, he was different than a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but he, he was great and.
1: Well, and, and I think it's important to recognize none of the bishops I ever spoke to had any actual answers for me, but what each of them did have for me, like none of them were like able to give me any real concrete ways to, to solve for my pornography habits but what each of them did have for me was love mm-hmm. uh, and steve uh steve barris and, and austin balio who i mentioned in the book in in one of the chapters that i wrote for um, richard Osler's book
0: one of know, the sections
1: sections under porn on the pornography chapter he uh they they both were willing to just love me for who i was and and be available to me
0: and when i would go out of town they would uh Call Zach and you know invite him over for dinner, or um invite him to go play basketball or whatever you know it was it was nice having support outside of just our yeah immediate
1: and us. this yeah, so you know the first thing that I got was this kind of momentary understanding, yes, I guess none of this stuff is working. The next thing I got was essentially. I can figure this out. And I am one of those guys who, me and YouTube, we can figure anything out. I got to fix a car. Let's fix a car. I got to build a house. Let's build a house. I can do anything with YouTube and, <laughs> and a little bit of learning, wherever it comes from, whether it's YouTube or something else. But I, I thought about my pornography struggle, and I thought, the answer's got to be there. But for whatever reason, nobody seems to be able to give me the answer that I need and at this point the only resources that were essentially available were 12 steps if you had an addiction of any stripe in the united states for the last like 80 years 12 steps is all you ever really get and i figured you know what that's not working it's not working for me and you know little did i know that the research is pretty clear 12 steps isn't as effective at solving these kinds of problems as as we might have been led to believe but that meant that i had two things one I had to figure it out and I had to do it on my own and that was that was a little bit daunting but it was really freeing because I like figuring things out and that's that was this kind of turn that was a that was one of the main turning points in our in our lives and I think in our marriage and I'm so grateful that Darcy was like listen
0: (laughs) enough is enough
1: (laughs) stop going to these meetings they're useless Not because she thought they were useless necessarily, but because she didn't see any results. And that's a big deal. That's a really uh, important component. When the results aren't showing up.
0: Well, and I just didn't see any real change either, right? It it just seemed like we were kind of going through the same pattern year after year after year. And I just was like, why are we doing this? This is a waste of time. Yeah. We, We need to do something different. And just, if the difference is just that you're home more hours a week than not, then I'll take it.
1: Right. So that's what start. That's where we started. We started with me home more. And then, well, we'll that tell was you,
0: when we really started to make big changes.
1: And we'll tell you what that looks like next week, but hopefully this has been helpful. Hopefully for you, you hear something of your struggle in what we've talked about, because the truth is, Everybody out there who is struggling with a pornography habit or if you want to call it an addiction, that's just fine. But if you're struggling, I imagine that you have felt the way that we felt. Deep despair, extraordinary frustration, and even a great deal of anger because you thought you were doing it all right. And I hope that you will hear this message and know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And we're going to talk about how that works next week, but I just, I hope that you can see there's more, there's more available to you than, than all that deep despair. All right, my friends, we're looking forward to talking to you next week. Have a great week. Please feel free to sign up for a free consult at zackspaffordcom slash work with Zach. All right, my friends, we hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.